Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, July 14th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Secret Spaces, featuring Axelar Network, chatting about partners on cross-chain privacy. Let's take a listen. We're starting to get everybody up here. Thanks everybody again for joining us. We've got everybody sharing the link around. We've already got Secret Labs up on stage. We've already got Sergey up on stage. We've got Guy up on stage. So. We're going to start very shortly. Give me just one more minute. I want to make sure this link has gone out in all channels, and then we'll move straight into the meat of this. I know everybody dying to know a little bit more here. We've got some incredible technical speakers available to fill in all the gaps. Just give us a second while we make sure this link gets around to everybody. Please note, I have also just pinned a new tweet from Secret explaining how you can claim your exclusive Axelar X secret badge for attending today's space. We do give secret badges away for every secret spaces that you attend. Today is no exception. Check that link for all the instructions. You can do it on desktop while you're listening here in the background. Just click that link. It'll take you to the claim page. You'll just need to connect Kepler. The claim code today for today's Axelar secret secret badge is all capital letters, crosschain. The code is crosschain. So go ahead and use that to claim today's secret badge. For those of you who have been collecting every secret badge for attending spaces, I can promise you that that will matter. But today, just grab that secret badge. Uh, let's kick off. Uh, we've got everybody here on stage. Don't want to waste any more time. We're five minutes in. So we're just going to kick off today's secret spaces. We have Axelar. We have Guy from Secret Labs. We're going to talk a little bit about what this latest announcement means for people in both ecosystems. But let's start with personal intros. Uh, we'll start with Sergey, and then we'll move to Guy, and then we'll get into the meat of things. We'll revisit this week's blog post announcement and get into some of the details that are in there. I'll have some questions. We always leave the end for audience questions, but right now, let's go over to the personal introductions to start. So Sergey, you're first, go ahead. Hey everyone, great to be here. Uh, this is Sergey from Axelar. I'm uh, one of the co-founders. Uh, my background is technical distributed systems, you know, cryptography, um, helped to build uh, Algorand and launch it to the market. And uh, since then, been working on the cross-chain communication. So excited to be here. Amazing. How about Guy? Who is Guy? Yeah, who's that guy? Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, guy, I'm a CEO of Secret Labs and the founder of uh, Secret. Um, uh, similar, uh, similar background, I guess, in a way to survey, not not quite more on the applied system side. So uh, we actually come from the, I think, the same university. Uh, my background is uh, really in uh, secure computation and this whole idea of uh, how can we compute over encrypted data. Uh, that's actually what kind of led to the the creation of Secret after like a series of papers and early research. And uh, that's uh, that's about uh, that's about it. 
Wonder how Cotton would never intersected an MIT guy. I'm sorry. Wonder how come we never intersected? You were at the media lab. I was at the media lab, but we at the same time. Even I was there from twenty, well, actually twenty thirteen, kind of like to twenty sixteen. Think you yeah. were earlier, no? No, I was there at the same time. Yeah, I I I got out twenty fifteen. That's funny. <laughs> Which uh, actually, who was your advisor? We're making a private conversation here in a you know in a public setting, but uh, who was your advisor? Uh, Vinod. Vinod, okay, yeah, yeah. I was more with, I guess, the systems people, maybe. I mean, I was in the middle, I would insist, like, the, more like uh, Srini and yeah. uh, uh, a few other people. Um, yeah, so maybe that's why. <laughs> cool. Nice. Yeah, uh, you guys are huge nerds. Congrats. Yeah. Just, just kidding. I was next door. <laughs> Doing the less interesting stuff, but really awesome to to have a nice MIT reunion right on stage here guys this is super cool and in the cosmos more generally so with all that said uh man i would love to get more into that individual backgrounds like what gets you guys particularly passionate about working on this kind of distributed system stuff or in guys case specifically the privacy research but let's at least start since this is secret spaces we probably got a lot of people here familiar with secret very familiar with secret and its privacy technologies maybe not as familiar with Axelar specifically. So Sergey, go ahead and just give us the high level view and maybe we'll get much deeper. What is Axelar? Yeah, so at Axelar, we're working on secure cross-chain communication. Um, our whole goal is to make sure we can connect different ecosystems to allow for applications, assets, and users to compose and interact with one another, right? So if you have an application on Cosmos, if you have a user on Ethereum, how do you allow them to, you know, be at the same space and interact with one another, right? Um, and so that's what really we're focused on, building kind of the core infrastructure and the protocols um, to make those connections as simple as possible. Um, we started to roll out a network about, um, you know, four, four and a half months ago, um, connected 15 different uh, chains from Cosmos to various CVM chains like Avalanche, you know, Ethereum, um, uh, Moonbeam with Polkadot, um, you know, Polygon, a bunch of others, you know, and uh, yeah, kind of a working with a lot of different ecosystems and applications to unite them and um, have a better connectivity across the whole ecosystem. Sweet. So now let's get into why we're all here. What does this mean then for Axelar working with Secret? We published a blog post earlier this week. We had a press release go out talking a little bit at a high level. The headline is, you know, collaborating on private cross-chain messaging, NFT transfers, a few of these different use cases. What is it that you see as the, the greatest immediate potential, let's say, uh, of this relationship? What are you most excited to see explored combining all of this cross-chain potential with programmable privacy? Yeah, so maybe I can start it and then guy can, you know, give his take. But what I'm most excited about, right, is the ability to kind of compose different, you know, services right across the ecosystem. Um, and so, you know, in secret and in particular, you know, I think the, the, the team is um, really heads down kind of a focus on the privacy aspect, right? Private compute, you know, private assets and so on and so forth. So how do I compose these privacy elements, right, with um, other applications? Um, 
in the ecosystem. You know, on the internet, as an example, those things are quite trivial, right? Um, we know, you know, there's like encryption protocols you can always apply on top of your data or on top of your traffic as you're sending it from, you know, one medium to another, right? So we have encrypted uh, messaging, we have encrypted, um, you know, browsing and so on and so forth. In the blockchain space, that's not so easy, right? Because, you know, you have to have a compute element, right? That's sort of stored somewhere and you have to have encryption in use, what we call, right? Where you can preserve the privacy of some data or some elements while still doing kind of computation of it or still doing the function that it's supposed to do, right? Um, like trading NFTs or, you know, exchanging them, auctioning them and so on and so forth. And so to me, I guess like this, you know, connection and the collaboration is really about extending these types of features, right, for the whole ecosystem. This is a, you know, this is not a short-term thing. This is kind of a, you know, there's various milestones that we'll have to accomplish uh, to get there. But, um, you know, in the longer term, that's why I'm excited. And so in the same way as, you know, you can encrypt messages on the internet or have private uh, browsing, right, you would have these types of layers that will be available to you um, to give privacy to your users. So I'll pause here. Maybe uh, that's, uh, I'll actually build on, on what you mentioned uh, and, and say what I'm excited about. So it's very similar. Like even if you go back to the old days of like, just look at like my own like original papers that kind of served as a basis, you would see that like, we're essentially saying, um, ideally we can be kind of like this privacy layer that anyone can use. And very early on, like uh, I, even before Cosmos, I personally was a big believer in a multi-chain world. And it apparently it took like five years to, to, to get to that vision uh, to be done. And in that sense, like, I think all like Cosmos as an ecosystem deserves uh, all of the, you know, all of the compliments of actually showing that like the, 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 the future can be multi-chain, it can be multi-chain done the right way, not kind of like um, in a very, very, let's say flaky way. Um, but that was kind of like always our vision to be, uh, as uh, Sergey is saying, this sort of privacy as a sort of like a global secure computation system that essentially gives you privacy as a service. You know, it doesn't matter what you build, in Web3, it doesn't matter what blockchain you're running on, um, um, you need these privacy capabilities and you wanna use essentially some components are gonna have to use um, uh, uh, these capabilities and, and, and that's why we are really interested in, in becoming this private, privacy layer, privacy as a service uh, solution. Um, but, you know, there was always this like tiny wrinkle, right? Which is, how do you interconnect different blockchains? Like how do how do you actually do that? And clearly, like this is something that people have been talking for a long time, and people in secret know. But if you're not in secret, maybe you don't know. Like we've had these flaky. Um, um, I mean, they do their job, but like these, these very ad hoc bridges for tokens to Ethereum, Binance Smart Chains, all that. Um, obviously, IBC. And, and we kind of showed very early on, like even on just the transaction or private asset side, how you can very quickly turn like any asset into, into a private asset, which is, um, was extremely cool. And, I, and, and, and a lot of people are, have been and are using those capabilities. 
But that's not the end game, right? That was more of a proof of concept. A, because those, those, um, hold on a second. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I just got a delivery, and the delivery came directly from uh, the wife, so I can't say no. Anyway, uh, b- back to the point, you know, this, this was just like, you know, our own ad hoc uh, uh, bridges, you know, doing the, the, this... Uh, um, um, uh, just private transactions use case. It's very interesting, but it's the tip of the iceberg. That, that's not the end game, right? And it was always clear to us, even when we did this, that someday in the future, hopefully not the too far future, there would come better interoperability solutions. I be for Cosmos, but for every, but for everywhere else, um, you know, you need you needed something more robust. You needed a real strong team that can execute. And I, I'm just super excited about the future because I'm yeah, very, very, very optimistic about what we can do with those capabilities. Amazing. You were breaking up a little bit at the end. I hope that wasn't just for, for me, but I think you're stable again now. I mean, that all sounds absolutely incredible. Um, I, I would love to get in depth really into anything else that you, that you think is worth highlighting here, right? Like anything you think from the Axelar side, Sergey, that, that the secret community should know about this guy, anything from the secret side that you think, like you wish more people knew about secret who aren't familiar with it. Like you were starting to say, a lot of people here might be very familiar with how secret works. Um, or, or another thing that I'd love to talk about as well is just, you know, there's a lot of confusion as to the difference between all these interoperability pieces, especially if you don't work on it day in and day out, the difference between how IBC works, how these sort of uh, bridges like the current ETH bridges or that are similar to like Avalanche's bridge setup. Like I've seen a lot out there about like the weaknesses and strengths of certain bridge models, right? Like, is this getting us a lot closer to the end game? Like, what do you guys see as the end game for interoperability and how, uh, how Axelar is contributing to that? All of this is kind of vague, I know. So, but you, you guys are the experts. I'm sort of deferring to you guys to lead wherever you want this conversation to go. So again, maybe I'll start from our angle, but I'm curious to hear what you have to say. From our angle, we build bridges, and those bridges were meant to be secure enough, good enough, uh, relatively stable, and that was like an ongoing process. But it was never our focus. And in light, and, and it was never something that's meant to be like, you know, for the next 20 years, like that kind of infrastructure, because we did expect there to be better standardization. So in our case, what we did was, you know, we built a fairly federated, semi-trusted, uh, multi-six uh, uh, bridge with uh, several known entities. Secret Labs is one of them, you know, uh, Figment, uh, a few others uh, are, uh, are as well. And... It it has very limited functionality. Does its work not always in the best way possible, um, and it's fine. But to me, you know, when it comes to bridges, a like everything needs to be top notch because, as we can see from like attacks and hacks and all that, the weakest link is often the bridge. It is the weakest link, and it's a very very. It's not just technically hard, engineering hard, scientifically uh, hard in 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 some respects. It's it's also it also needs to provide great user experience. It needs to you know have proper DevOps and be set up the right way and stress test in all kinds of environments. It's a really complicated piece of machinery, and and the and 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 the right way to go 
in my opinion, in my opinion, bridges as opposed to like other things um, is either a winner, maybe not a winner takes all, but like a very, unlike blockchain where I think there could be like so many, I think in bridges eventually, um, you know, we're converging to just the, it's a meritocracy and we're converging to the best of the best. And that's the right way to go because you really want your bridges interconnecting all those systems to just be like super, super solid and fleshed out. Yeah, no, just to add to that, right? Like I think the way that I view it is that um, kind of the ecosystem came to think about interoperability, unfortunately by necessity, right? Um, you know, kind of if you look at the internet and evolution of it, uh, you know, interoperability and kind of cross-chain communication protocols and standards were established, you know, 10 years before we saw any real applications or use cases, right? Uh, or at least in the massive scale. So kind of the infrastructure and, and uh, you know, mechanics of it uh, were kind of figured out. And I think in the blockchain space, it came out as a reverse where, you know, um, different chains and different use cases saw the need for interoperability, you know, including like secret, right? And a lot of kind of a, a one-off solutions were rolled out, right, to address the needs. Uh, most of them have been rolled out that are kind of federated or, you know, centralized uh, solutions just to serve a specific need of, you know, um, a use case, right? Like either bridging tokens or kind of a one-off connectivity with this chain or that chain. And so, which is fine, but uh, kind of long-term, you know, this is not the sustainable path because uh, as Guy said, this is a kind of a very complicated problem. Um, this is something that has huge networking effects if you do it right, right? So the whole point, what we're doing with Axler is that, you know, any new connection that's added to the network it's going to automatically interconnect with everything else, right? So you have huge, strong networking effects, and you have to design the stack and the architecture to to allow for connectivity of hundreds or you know hundreds of thousands and millions of chains down the line. Um, so very different architecture. You have to approach it um, in a many many way as opposed to kind of a point to point architectures. And the security, you know, is of course something you have to think about very very um, you know carefully. And I guess like the way that I like to think about it is that. You know, traditionally we've been talking about kind of a bridges, right? And moving, um, almost like moving by by roads and, and cars. And you can do all of that, right? And you can have your own car, and you can you know do your own maintenance and uh, kind of put the the gasoline in the tank. And I think what we're trying to do is almost create like an air traffic control system, right? With uh, you know airplanes and airports where um, you know anybody can build their sort of plane and travel between them. You have kind of many different sort of hubs of connectivity you can go through and, you know, you don't have to think about, you know, fuel in your own tank, right? You can just pay for the ticket and fly uh, with uh, all the convenience that comes with it. So that's the way, you know, I like to think about it and kind of a, what we're doing is um, kind of really this uh, transport layer to, to allow everybody to continue optimizing their applications, right? And their use cases and still serve the whole blockchain ecosystem. And I think the final point that I'll just mention there, kind of the end goal for us is to make sure that, you know, regular users can interact with anything they want with very simple experiences, right? And today, you know, we are forcing users to do this bridging as a function, which is completely useless, right? Like we don't want to see any of this being done by the users. We want this to be automated and done at the back end by the protocols, right? Um, and now it's almost like, Every user is their own router, right? Where um, 
they they get an asset on one chain you know they have to go to like some bridge in front end they move it to another chain um that's that's a job of a router essentially right and so kind of a, a lot of the work that we're doing um with things like general message passing and so on and so forth you can automate all of that um so users don't have to do their own routing and just have messages flow where they want them to go this this is awesome i love the direction this is going so uh, I, I'm bringing up that blog post again. There were a few use cases highlighted in there. I don't know if any of them are particularly interesting uh, to go in here, but like I, I know we name checked a couple things. I, I personally, I'm biased here because I just kind of love the potential of non-fungible tokens. I'm curious about like maybe Sergey, your personal perspective on the potential of cross-chain non-fungible tokens and maybe even the potential of, of integrating privacy with all of this. To your point, most of this matters to the end user. Right, we want to create incredible end user experiences. NFTs are something that I think have a lot of potential to create a lot of end users in the Web3 space, which before we didn't necessarily have when the focus was exclusively on capital intensive DeFi applications. Um, do you have any thoughts on you know, ex applications you're personally excited about within the NFT vertical or about how Axelar can fit into that stack? Yeah, I mean, I am excited about NFTs uh, very much so, right? I think we're we're just starting to scratch the surface of what can uh, can be done with it. You know, I think some of the early kind of use cases from auctioning it, right, to using it, um, you know, to take a loan against it, uh, to trade in it, um, you know, the, I think they're incredibly kind of exciting. I think privacy plays a, a huge and important role with many of these applications, right, where you want to, um, you know, NFT is an asset, right? And it and it has certain properties with it, whether or not it's the graphics associated with it, right? Or copyright and so on and so forth. You know, some features you're doing need to be private. Some some features you're doing, you know, may not have to be private. But but given this power to the developers to build um, both of those options, I think is incredibly, you know, exciting. And then kind of the end goal is is, of course, to allow the user to use this NFT, you know, across different ecosystems with the properties that they want, without having to think about, you know, how it's moving around, right? Uh, what chain is it on? So you just want to say, okay, I have this NFT. I want to preserve, let's say, I don't know, the graphic associated with it for the next twenty-four hours, because uh, I'm going to be, I don't know, trading it or do or running an auction against it, and then I want that graphic to be released, right? So it's kind of the properties that you can define. And this auction, as an example, you can specify, you know, the fields that need to be, uh, you know, private or metadata or whatever that is. You can run this auction and then, you know, release um, certain information for everybody to see, as an example. Um, and so having this programmability, having this distribution and flexibility for the users to do these types of applications, I think is, you know, incredibly powerful. Awesome. Yeah, Guy, thoughts on this issue as well. Obviously, Secret Labs has done a ton with NFTs, including uh, with Legend DAO. And of course, feel free to show that because that was the other secret spaces we did this week. But your thoughts on cross-chain potential for NFTs, but of course, also the influence of privacy. I mean, I completely agree that we're only scratching the surface with, uh, with NFTs right now. And I very much believe that, you know, the fact that blockchains are public in general is is a bug, not a feature. I mean, it's a kind of like a, uh, a necessity because of the consensus protocol and, and, and you know, everything and, and the way the blockings work. And then NFTs are an amazing technology that, you know, assign decentralized digital ownership um, 
which is not a, that a very complicated idea, but it's like now with blockchains, we, we have the technology to actually do it in a decentralized way where everyone can verify it. And that in itself is amazing. But I do again think that private con, like when you have ownership of something, if you ask any, any person on the street, and we've asked a lot of people, including very famous people, what does ownership mean? I mean, they don't say, oh, ownership is privacy. No, they, they don't. They say ownership is about me having something that I can share with others or not, but it's my choice and it's my, you know, it's my power. And that kind of like extra dimension, which in my opinion is critical for NFTs and not just for NFTs, for, you know, GameFi and games and, and, and assets within games and, and, and much beyond that. Um, that's, that to me is the missing piece. And, you know, it's, it's great how the secret ecosystem is evolving. It's great that we have a vibrant NFT ecosystem. But for many, many reasons, there are many other NFT ecosystems out there much bigger than secret networks, like on Ethereum, like on Solana, like on others. And there is no reason to, you know, uh, to go to projects, to go to users and tell them no. Here's the way, like, here's the place where you can get private NFTs, and that's the only place that this could be. The, 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 the equation needs to, to work backwards. It needs to be, it doesn't matter where you own your NFTs, where you mint them, where you do it, how you do it, which wallet you're using. You should know that there is a way to encapsulate private content in each NFT, wherever you are. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is a mix of secret networks capabilities, uh, bridging technology, and just great UX and, and, and wrapping it all very, very nicely so the user doesn't feel it. So to me, that's the end game. And although without the bridges, I'm going to give an example of what we're doing now, but then I kind of want to touch on it with the bridge. Um, so for those who don't know what we did this week, which in my opinion is completely revolutionary, is we deployed the first uh, movie on the blockchain ever. So I, th I think this is the, like the first decentralized launch of a movie. This is the first time a movie is being um, um, you know, uh, put out or released, not on a centralized streaming platform, not in cinema, not in network TV, but it's still in a platform where no one can take it down where no one kind of is, is, it makes a decision. And clearly the way this was done is by attaching uh, the, the encrypted movie um, uh, into each NFT. And then because of secret, secret network properties, you know, you, all, you and only you have the ability if you got the NFT to decrypt the movie and stream it. And one of the cool things we did there is that we really, really focused on um, um, user experience. I was actually skeptical in the beginning that we would be able to get to that kind of uh, level of user experience, but I think we nailed it. And if you're interested, the Mint is still going on. It's in uh, uh, KilroyWasHere.io. It's, uh, it's the newest movie by Kevin Smith, who's also a very well-known uh, director. And it's the first movie released um, on the blockchain as an NFT. But today, if you want to go in and get it, like you have to... Um, get a secret wallet essentially which is not that bad but it's still a limiting factor in the UX. there's like one 
limiting factor in the UX there. It's uh, this, and ideally, it it wouldn't have mattered, right? Like ideally, this could have been minted in OpenSea, in Solana, wherever, and then on the website, in a click of a button, you would be you would have been able to kind of like uncover the movie and watch it and stream it without like, even knowing that you're operating in secret network, and so. That's the cool thing we did, but that's how I would want to see it, you know, with integrating a more robust um, bridging solution, uh, which is, you know, now coming. Sick. I mean, I, you guys know, if you've been to any secret space, I love all these use cases. I love what's been happening with all this experimentation across the cosmos, but especially on secret where we have all of these awesome privacy features ready to go for any creator, for any collector to leverage. Uh, so definitely check out everything that's going on. You know, the Kilroy Mint's still live, as he said, at kilroywashere.io. Mint your own Kilroy. Uh, go watch this awesome movie. I mean, it, it is so innovative to hear about this stuff. I mean, you got two incredibly innovative people and projects up on stage right now. Uh, may, maybe to throw it back over to Axelar for a second. What else is in the works for Axelar then? Like, clear, we, we've talked a little bit about what Axelar is enabling for Secret, what Secret's enabling for Axelar. I'm interested, like, is there anything else you guys have your eyes on right now? And that could benefit Secret in the future or not. Obviously, I think everything will benefit uh, any, any chain that you guys are connecting to. But any really exciting features or research that people in this chat should be paying attention to that they can start doing a little bit more research on as they dive deeper into the Axelar ecosystem? Yeah, so I think like the big you know feature that we um, started to roll out you know a little over a month ago and we'll continue rolling out is this uh, notion of general message passing, right? So the the idea is that how do you you know um, allow users to interact with all of these properties of a given network without them having to you know be kind of human routers, right? And so the, the way to do that is by passing kind of a code uh, or computation to um, a specific ecosystem, executing some actions, right? And then return it back. So this is a notion of general message passing. Um, we extended it across EVM chains and, uh, you know, as the next step, we're going to be plugging in um, the composition of that with the Cosmos ecosystem through the IBC and interchain accounts. So kind of more information will be coming on that over the coming uh, month as well. So yeah, take a look, check it out. You know, you can play with the with the docs or sample examples, and uh, I think you know this is like super powerful primitive that allows us to, again, like bring compute to the assets or vice versa. And uh, you know, I think that will enable very new types of experiences for the users. Awesome. Uh, same question, kind of back at Guy. There might be some users here from the Axelar ecosystem who haven't been necessarily paying as close attention to Secret. Clearly, we've got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline on the DAP layer, but also at layer one that are some fundamental improvements. I also know that you personally and also the rest of the team have been doing research into other ways we can be strengthening the privacy technology behind Secret uh, using whatever's best in class available, right? Uh, would be really curious. I want you to answer that. I also am going to mention this is also the time you can start putting up your hands in the audiences if you've got questions for the Axelar team or for Guy from the secret side. Start putting up your hands because we're going to start bringing you up on stage. But Guy, that question goes back to you about what you see in the secret ecosystem that probably people aren't paying enough attention to, but you're really excited about as a, a next step for the evolution of the network. Uh, there are several layers to this. Let's say the engineering 
uh, level and improvements that we're doing that are extremely hard and are long processes. But we are, you know, we, we've been making like a lot of, a lot of headway in terms of uh, closing the gap between uh, private compute um, efficiency and non-private compute. And we actually have like a, a really, really strong solid plan for the next like six to 12 months, uh, which will pretty much at the end of it bring secret with its private compute engine pretty much on par with uh, any other system. And there are some tricks up upper sleeve that are, you know, even uh, could even take it beyond. Um, that's uh, something that we're very focused on right now. And I think laser focused and, and bear market is a good opportunity to actually focus on these kind of infrastructure things. Um, the other thing, I'm, look, I'm very, I'm, I'm very, uh, like I touched, you know, um, um, five minutes ago, I am very interested about this whole idea of future of content. So obviously there's DeFi applications, you know, Secret gives you front-running resistance, it gives you um, private tokens for everything. So pretty much anything that is now being made available by XLR and can be bridged to Secret can be made private instantly. It's, it's pretty amazing. But uh, moving beyond like these very useful but very elementary use cases, I'm, for example, very, very, I'm, I'm very interested in the future of content, content distribution, content fundraising, um, you know, kind of like what we did with Kevin Smith. To me, that could be generalized into a system that is basically a decentralized studio, a decentralized Netflix, a decentralized Spotify, basically a, a platform that connects artists and creators much more closely with their audience, and there are no intermediary, right? Everything is done through secret NFTs. I'm an artist. I release a new album, um, and you know it's 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 launched on chain. There's no gatekeeper, centralized servers. It's all on IP. The content is encrypted on IPFS. The the access mechanisms are uh, facilitated through secret uh, secret uh, uh, privacy engine. And essentially what that means is that artists can share new content and even fundraise for new content and even sell IP uh, uh, directly through secret NFTs on chain and make sure that you know, it's, it's, it's you know, harder to copy, let's say. It's like much more closer to the, to, the, to the normal ecosystem. So that's something I foresee coming. I've seen, I've had... Uh, we've had several, let's say, uh, studios, producers, directors, like some of them actually uh, are very famous, um, reach out to us about this. And there's a lot of interest there. And I'm very excited about that. And then the, 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 the third layer is the research layer. And um, I, I think, and this is something that we need to do a lot of education work. Uh, Secret Today is like, the one biggest and actually the only functional general purpose private compute layer uh, in the internet, in web three and in web two, uh, which is already amazing, but there are a lot of improvements uh, to be made. And people often you know, throw around things like, oh, don't use trusted execution environments, use uh, zero knowledge proofs, or use photomorphic encryption or MPC. And those people are usually just parroting stuff that they've heard online. And, but those things, they, they don't stand alone. Every system, every protocol has its trade-off. And if you actually ever 
have taken like a, a, a system, an implemented system, uh, 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 the, an implemented secure system, or even a paper, and you read through it, you would see that all of these are tools and techniques, and each one of them can be used to augment each other. And that's something I'm very curious about. I'm not curious about using the next buzzword like, hey, we're going to use fully homomorphic encryption after this, because that's, that's useless, that's meaningless, that's buzzword. I am interested in seeing how secret can, can you know, be at the forefront of private computes uh, uh, um, research and implementation at every step of the way. And the way to do that is at every step of the way to see how, you, how can you compose these different tools that we have from uh, uh, secure systems into what we're building. Um, and I'll give and I'll, I'll finalize with one with one interesting example that I'm I'm very curious about. You know, uh, federated learning is a is a fairly efficient way, for example, to do distributed machine learning that allows you to protect uh, the privacy of the underlying data. I actually think that integrated in the right way, for example, into secret network could actually improve the solutions that I've seen proposed until today. And more importantly, if you build something like that on chain, then suddenly we may actually have an application that allows people to contribute their data securely and then kind of help train the world's first, uh, um, let's say, open neural network. So those are like kind of the things that excite me going forward beyond like the immediate NFTs, GameFi, DeFi, all of that. I think that's going to take a bit of time, but hey, we're in a bear market. This is the time to explore this, and I'm I'm excited about that. Now, hold on. Let's not. I mean, let's be clear. It's a bear market, but also it could end at any time. That's how this space works. And at any time, you know, demand rushes back into the space. We we want to have the best possible privacy, the best possible bridging available at that time. So I agree with you. It's awesome that. We have this foresight on the research side. It's awesome to see this continue to get explored by secret labs and others in our ecosystem. But yeah, the theme is always like, what can we do for users today? And I think I'm I'm blown away with what's already possible, including with uh, with the Kilroy drop and the and the NFT streaming. Like it's it's crazy shit. So yes, amazing tomorrow, but definitely amazing today. Really just cool to see all of this finally starting to come together for Cosmos users. Um, and hopefully Axelar just helps more people discover secret and secret helps more people discover the power of cross-chain bridging and message passing as well. I'm actually going to touch Kilroy again in the sense that if you haven't checked it out, you need to check it out because in my opinion, this is like the best example how a decentralized system with privacy, with encryption, with all that just gives you better, like ju just gives you a, a UX that is comparable to a Web2 system, which is something that if you've been long enough in the space is not something you expect. So I, I don't know, I just find that pretty astounding. It is pretty astounding, the whole, the whole thing. Um, and I've really enjoyed learning more on this space about Axelar as well and about the foresight and the vision there. I mean, it's, it's kind of incredible to think these projects have been around and, and people have been thinking about these issues for so long, like seeing the issues before the issues and then having built the solutions right when they're needed. Uh, I know I know we both have experienced like being a little too early on the issues, even, even before people were caring about interoperability and privacy, people were working on these issues. And we were shipping for by, by both projects 
maybe still even now before people are caring about these issues enough. Um, but I guess that's why it's so wonderful to be able to work together on these things and, and think through them together it's because we need people who are anticipating the problems of the future today, but also building the solutions of today, today. Uh, so again, please raise your hands if you got questions for these guys. They're both geniuses. They're both up on stage. We have them for at least, you know, another 10 or 15 minutes before we wrap up. Uh, we do these usually for about an hour. Secret Spaces uh, we'll do regularly on Tuesdays. Today is a special session with the XLR team if you're just joining. Also, if you're just joining, one more time, giving that call to action, we do a special badge for every Secret Space that we're hosting now. Today is no exception. There's a special badge designed. You can go claim it using the pinned tweet. It will tell you how to do it. You will need a special claim code. That special claim code is CROSSCHAIN, C-R-O-S-S-C-H-A-I-N. Type it in, claim your secret badge. There is something really cool in the private metadata. So once you claim your secret badge, only you will be able to see that special message from the secret and Axelar teams. So go claim your badge, decrypt that metadata, go check it out. Uh, it's fun. And again, it's something enabled today on mainnet by all this technology. Maybe not as powerful as connecting every blockchain in the world. Maybe not as powerful as streaming entire movies through the magic of Web3 but still a fun way to get your hands on uh, what privacy can mean in a Web3 context. Uh, so again, put your hands up if you've got questions for these guys. I only had so much planned, really, because I, I, I know a lot, but I'm learning a lot being up here. Uh, it, it really is kind of an open format for the rest of this. So since you guys have a little bit of shared history, if there's anything else that you guys want to talk about, I'm going to bring one question up here on stage from NorCal Crypto. But anything else you guys want to talk about is fair game. NorCal, you're up on stage now. If you, if you want. Oh to yeah, ahead. hi. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for uh, for all your work. I some of this stuff, most of it's over my head. Um, but I, privacy is a big concern of mine. I know that the blockchain is transparent, and uh, I don't know if that's always good when it comes to finance. So, um, the fact that this will could carry uh, conceivably carry over all blockchains or many many blockchains um that's incredible and i did sign up for uh to key stay in the loop at axler axler i believe it is so um thank you uh thank you man cool uh messages of gratitude also appreciated um anybody else who's got questions or if anybody's here i mean throw some emojis out there too if, if you're from uh, the Axelar ecosystem, and this is your first time hearing about any of this stuff, feel free to throw a little heart emoji out. If you're from the secret ecosystem, and this is your first time hearing a lot of the intricacies of Axelar, you can throw a little clap emoji out for those of you who like the interactive portion of spaces on Twitter. Um, hopefully it doesn't crash your apps because Twitter spaces are like that sometimes, but just really cool to, to have enough people in the room listening to these things. They all do get posted as well afterwards. So if you've got friends who wanted to come, but couldn't, we will be uploading all of this to YouTube. You'll be able to stream it back here. Some of the alpha that got leaked from both sides. Sergey, since you're the special guest, is, is there anything else you want to be telling everybody in the audience about what's coming up for Axelar, where they can follow the project, social channels you want them to join? if they want to become a bigger part of the community or discover some axelar based dapps um, this is a great forum for all of that and uh, people will be able to reference it in future as well yeah no for sure thanks um, you know good starting places to go to our website axelar.network 
Um, you know, you can follow us on the Twitter at Axelacore. Um, and there's a link to a Discord. You know, there's a vibrant developer channel, kind of testnet channel. So you can kind of go from there, um, you know, play with the code uh, and uh, yeah, kind of learn the power of cross chain. Amazing. Well, Guy. Yeah, Sergey, if you don't mind, I kind of want to interject and ask, and ask a question. Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you mentioned that as part of your background, uh, you, 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 know, you, you took a big part in, in uh, Algorand, um, and then obviously now you're building XLR, and the XLR at the backbone is kind of like a, a, a hub built on uh, Cosmos SDK. And I'm kind of curious, like, can you tell a bit about that journey? Right, because like you are on another proof of stake system, which I'm sure you know very, very well, potentially much better than Cosmos in the beginning, and kind of like what made, how was how was that decision making? Like, what what was the what was the decision making there? Yeah, I mean, I think as we kind of shipped Algorand, you know, to the mainnet, um, I think we in parallel saw just many other, you know, beautiful ecosystems being built. Um, I think. You know, about six months after the launch of Algorand, one of our problems that we started to think about, how do we connect Algorand with other, you know, chains and with other protocols? Um, and, you know, it's not that we could take something kind of off the shelf and, uh, you know, give it a go, right? Kind of IBC was still in the early days, but also kind of as a protocol, it would require us to, you know, rewrite large parts of the consensus. So that wasn't really kind of an option. It would take a couple of years to do that. Um, and yeah, we were looking for, you know, a solution, ideally, nothing was really available. Um, and looking at other chains being built with very different consensus stacks, with very different smart contract stacks, we kind of understood that there is going to need to be a chain agnostic way to, you know, unite all of these different ecosystems that is not specific to, you know, like clients or consensus protocols or a specific software stack. And that was the motivation for, for starting Axelor, right? Um, being chain agnostic, being neutral, you know, connecting uh, anybody that wants to be connected. Um, and the kind of Tendermint consensus and Cosmos SDK in particular was pretty attractive to start with because it allowed us to customize this cross-chain protocol, you know, from the ground up. Um, and that's what we have done, right? So kind of the Axel network itself, you know, there is this cross-chain protocol that's powered by the Tendermint consensus. Um, there are special rules for, you know, finality, kind of multi-party signing, um, rewards, incentives, and everything else. And so we needed really a flexible platform that we could work with. And, um, you know, Tendermint and Cosmos uh, made a lot of sense. And um, so the community is, of course, very uh, supportive of interoperability, connectivity. So kind of a lot of the folks you know, helped us kind of answer some of the questions that we didn't know at the beginning. Um, so that was, that was uh, incredibly, um, you know, grateful as well to kind of help us jumpstart. Awesome. Thank you. That was, uh, that was Lynn getting in there for a while. <laughs> nice. I got one more guy up on stage with uh, Red Eyed Bear. Hopefully he's got a question for you guys. Hey guys, thank you for uh, giving me a chance to speak and uh, before I ask my question, I just want to thank both Guy and Sergey for joining this spaces to talk to us uh, today and give us a little bit of extra educational information. Um, my main question is for, and this is for anybody who isn't aware of the other bridging uh, projects available 
and building within the cosmos, what are the main differences between Axelar and some of the other bridging solutions such as Nomic or Gravity Bridge uh, currently building within the cosmos? And what is it about what Axelar is doing that peak secret networks interest the most? Yeah, I mean, I could start, you know, from from our side, the main, you know, differentiators. Uh, I mean, I think if you look uh, at a lot of the architectures, especially the ones that are built in the kind of Cosmos ecosystem, like the ones you mentioned, kind of Gravity and Nomic, uh, they're really designed as kind of a pairwise one-off, you know, connections or bridges to specific ecosystems, um, you know, which is which is fine. And I, But I think what we're trying to do with Axelar is really creating kind of, like I mentioned, like as a, as a transport layer, right, that it allows you to have many-to-many -many connectivity. So it's not just pairwise, it's not just one-to-one, -one, it is many-to-many. -many. And, you know, if you look at like AxelarScan.io, for instance, you will see like 15 different ecosystems being connected right now, right? Everything from, you know, Polkadot to Ethereum and, uh, you know, Cosmos and Secret. And so you have very, very strong networking effects. You have very, very strong kind of connectivity effects uh, with robust kind of security on the back end. And uh, that's what we're trying to do. That's phenomenal. Thank you for that. Awesome. We got about five minutes left. Anything else that our two speakers on stage want to ask each other? Since, Guy, you got one off. I don't know, Sergey, if you've got any questions for Guy or anything else you guys want to talk about while we still have the privilege of having you here, even though Guy just disappeared from the stage briefly. <laughs> but what were you going to say, Sergey? Oh, I had a question for Guy, actually. Um, Tell me the know. question, and then if Guy comes back, I'll repeat it to him. <laughs> yeah, I think, the, so the question was, I know, you know, Secret is using kind of SGX technology right now, and, you know, there's like deep research um, uh, around that and many other techniques. I'm curious if you guys have looked at, you know, some of the other secure enclave technologies, like from AMD or... Other providers, you know, how do you think about them? How do they fit in your roadmap? If that is an excellent. That is an excellent question. I do know that Secret Labs has looked into this, so I'm trying to add Guy back up here. Guy, did you hear the question or no? I can repeat it too if you did not. Mike, check one, two. Can you hear us, Guy? Yeah. We can hear you now. He may not be able to hear us. Yet. He's calling from the secret spaces. I know. <clears throat> I think I can hear you now. <laughs> what about now? It was a really good question. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, Sergey was asking about whether we've researched alternative enclaves as an ecosystem, not just like FHE and other uh, cryptographic solutions. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, you're echoey, but yeah. Yeah, let me move. Let me move here a bit. Um, we we have a bit, very very. I mean, very insignificantly, I'd say. Um, we've explored, I say, two solutions so far. One of them more a bit academically. Um, we didn't really see the benefit yet there, or at least not a reason to push that uh, forward in our roadmap. And maybe this is dropping alpha a bit, but let's say one of the I mean, you can imagine there are right now about like three, four, or five like cheap, uh, like big cheap um, um, production companies that, that have developed uh, production enclaves, uh, put in open source solutions that are more like prototype level aside. One of them reached out to us. We started to look into that more seriously, and that is something we're examining. I don't know when that would become a thing, but that is an avenue that we're looking into right now. 
Cool. But yeah, going forward, look, I do think, I do think again, beyond like cryptographic techniques, I don't think that we can rely on one enclave. Like I definitely think that it's going to be multi-enclave system. I think I know what he was going to say. Shit, I don't know what's happening with my phone. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, this time it wasn't an uh, incoming call. But you were talking about moving to a multi-enclave system. Yeah, I, I do think that there are benefits in the multi-enclave system. Um, not going to go into the technicalities, but obviously more, it's more redundancy and it's, you know, it's, a better, it's a better solution, better system. And um, I don't think that's going to be tomorrow, but I think like, you know, in a few years time, definitely we'll have support of multiple enclaves. And I also think that in a few years time, we're going to start seeing a lot of open source um, version, you know, like based on risk five um, that are, um, you know, building their own enclaves, and then we won't be kind of limited to a system where it's like just the big players like Intel, um, AMD, like you know Apple, but it would actually be a much more like open game, and the open source community would be able to kind of attack them and build solutions and iterate much faster. That's my hope. That's my hope that in like a few years we would actually have a lot more enclaves to choose from as well. Cool, good thorough answer. I brought one more question up here on stage. We'll wrap up with this one. I have Pi Man up here. Pi Man. Hey, thank you so much. I really learned a lot from the space. I have a question about uh, secret network and ground uh, planning protection mechanism. I really couldn't find any uh, more details on the website. So I was wondering that like as a, I don't know, a DeFi protocol in Ethereum, uh, what's the cost to integration of our protocol with secret network uh, to prevent front running in Ethereum, and also uh, what's the like overhead of secret network uh, for using you know, for protocols? Like, what's the delay in processing? How many blocks? Uh, and these stuff. Guy, were you able to hear the question? Yeah, I was not very choppy for me. I was. I'm able to hear you, but I, I couldn't. Maybe you can repeat it. I, I I heard it a little bit. So, Pai, go ahead and repeat it. Sorry about that. Uh, like, can you hear me now, or is it is, is the problem from my side, or? I was able to hear you. I imagine the problem was on Guy's end. So, Guy, can you hear him now? It's very weird. I... Hmm. All right, uh, that's unfortunate. That's so unfortunate. Can you... um, okay, well, not... I hope you'll be able to hear me. Well, Pi, Pi, what do you can you can you summarize it in a sentence, and I'll repeat it just to make sure he hears it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Snark version of my question is that um, what's the cost to, integ to integrate for DeFi protocols in Ethereum to, to, to use secret network for front running protection in terms of like changing the codes and uh, in terms of like processing delays and uh, this stuff? Yeah, okay. Guy, did you hear it or no? If no, I'll repeat it. Yeah, I did not. Very choppy. Okay, but you can hear me. This is so weird. Yeah, I can't it, hear it is, weird. <laughs> yeah. it is very weird. I'm just passing notes, but that's okay. He was asking about like what really the costs, the trade-offs, the like what what's a what is the considerations for an Ethereum project specifically? I guess true for today, but also where we're going, especially with the Axelar relationship of being able to utilize the privacy functions on secret. Essentially, what you were writing about in that forum post where we were talking about the value of secret as more privacy as a service, how viable is that today for an ETH-based project? Um, and how viable might it be in the future? Yeah, I think we're a few months from making it very viable. 
um, I think we'll maybe a bit more by making it like almost for free, right? Like as soon as like it becomes viable like through XLR, um, and as soon as there are like a few building blocks that make the UX very, very smooth and developers have like kind of like a blueprint to follow, I think there would be, I don't think there would be a choice. And actually there's one very, very exciting project that is building on Ethereum right now, but are gonna uniquely use um, secret networks functionality for a special kind of auctioning mechanism. I'm really excited about that. It's also related to NFTs. And you know th- that's an example. And I think, I think like let's say when we do this again a year from now, it would be a very very easy sell. Pie man, I hope you heard that answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Thank goodness. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we've gone for an hour. That's usually all we book here. Sergey, if you've got to run, guy, if you've got to run, totally understand. Otherwise, we have exactly one more question. I'm going to bring him up anyway because if you guys have to go, maybe it's something I can answer. Uh, but either way, I wanted to just thank you guys again for taking the time out of your very busy days to talk more about this partnership, more about each network. Hugely, hugely impactful and revolutionary networks building native to the cosmos is, is so exciting to me. And of course, outside the cosmos as well, especially with all the chains that Axelar is also connecting to and all that cross-chain utility. Really, really wonderful to see. Thank you, everyone. I'll have to jump, unfortunately, but great chatting, Guy and everyone. Um, thanks for joining. Thanks. Grizzly, did you have a did you have a question for I hope someone who's left on stage before we wrap up? Or we can just all look at that fun PFP. All right, good place to wrap up then. Uh, Guy, thank you for joining us. We thank Sergey. Everybody remember uh, to follow Guy if you don't already. He drops these gems all the time in writing, if not in voice. So we appreciate his connection lasting long enough to hit us with the alpha. Please follow the Secret Network account if you don't. This is where we announce all our secret spaces. we got another one coming up on the 19th, our usual, on Tuesdays. Uh, so that'll be the 19th of July. Remember, if you haven't claimed your badge for attending today's space, please click the pinned tweet inside Secret Spaces. You can go now, click through to the link to be able to go claim your secret badge. Today's code is cross chain, all caps, all one word, cross chain. You can claim your badge, get a special message from the Secret and XLR teams thanking you for attending today's space. Uh, Guys, Really wonderful to have you all here. And Guy, thank you again for making the time. We appreciate it. Go get some Wi-Fi. Yeah, this is fun. Sorry about the connection issues. Have a good day, have a good day night, everyone, wherever you are. All right. See you guys next week. Secret Spaces. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Secret Spaces featuring XLR Network. Partners on cross-chain privacy. Recorded on Thursday, July 14th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When I'm ripping and rapping, I ain't picking the bastards who be tricking the masses into getting their asses kicked. Feels like I've been getting my masters. Fuck a pump and double like the income that's passive. Raise up the bar before I fly right past it. I'll be writing rhymes till they put me in a casket. Old man shit, put the lotion on its skin. Then put that shit back in the damn basket like Buffalo Bill, the way I'm ruffling feathers. Snuffing out debt, cut the heads off collectors. Keep a couple heads in a jar as keepsakes. And take the rest and turn them into free Upgrade the feeling, supply the free base Looking all professional, tools in the briefcase Running on empty from gassing up my teammates First one down, let me know how that sleep tastes Now places the lotion in the basket
and impossible Defending the plausible from end to demonstrable The mission isn't even worried about the clearance Running interference till our enemies fear us We're only one disappearance away from a bad day Everybody trying to save face on the last day Feeling fancy, about to pull out the masse Drop the eight ball in passing, that's so passe I'm getting nasty, you cannot put it past me A mix between blasphemy and tuck everlasting Feeling like a masterpiece, looking like a tragedy Trying to get through another day full of savagery Getting headstrong from working in the mess hall All hands on deck, waiting for our next haul I need the rest, got big plans to eject So feed the grass and keep off the Kleenex I am interested in magic because I am fascinated with psychology I love to learn about how people make inferences How they draw conclusions, find patterns and information And in particular, I'm interested in all that can go wrong how an individual can be led astray from certain cognitive vulnerabilities or exploited. Channel spaces. <laughs>